out of date? Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, my dear listeners. I'm Dr. Johnny, and this is another episode of Pushback. As you are aware, I am concentrating this season, this fifth season of Pushback, uh, really towards uh, a title, We Are Killing Our Kids. And um, I don't want to be a fear monger. My goal isn't to go negative. Um, on the other hand, uh, there is a sense of urgency in our culture as I, I have even uh, been digging deeper into the cultural issues. And I feel like the universal language is our children. <laughs> if we can, I, I believe most parents, uh, you know, in the high 90 percents, uh, would care about their children, want their children to thrive, want their children to be healthy, want their children to have a purposeful, meaningful life. And statistics currently are showing that our children are miserable, are depressed, are anxious, are um, looking for purpose and meaning, and even suicidal. Uh, and there's a reason for that. The reason is that our culture is failing them. Uh, what we're placing around them is causing damage and harm and pain. And, and there is a better way. Uh, his ways are higher than our ways. Our ways aren't working. Uh, it's clear. And so we need to be able to focus on, on the things that we can help with, the things that I don't want to say control, I don't like the word control, but the things that are in our power to actually shift and to create real culture that actually allows our children to thrive and to live in freedom and to have purpose in their lives. I believe that is possible. It has to be possible. And if we don't believe it, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? So I hope that inspires you to connect with uh, message after message this season. And I want you to spread the word because this is these are core cultural pieces uh, that we need to focus on. And I'm starting with the most important influencers in a child's life period, and that's parents. I really want to focus on parents because we are the ones that guide and direct our children. We are the ones that actually set culture. We are the ones that actually set boundaries. And so I've talked a lot about boundaries over the last couple of weeks. And, and last week I talked about sexual boundaries and, and how it's so devastating on a young life, especially uh, to live outside of the boundary that the father gave us for sexuality. Sexuality isn't a bad thing. It's not a shameful thing. It's a beautiful thing given within a boundary. Within a boundary, you can operate in complete freedom and without shame. Outside of a boundary, it makes you sick. There's, there's destruction, there's hopelessness, there's pain, uh, and unnecessary baggage connected to living a physical, in, living in physical intimacy with someone who is not your spouse. That's the way the father made it to be. 
And I want to go just a little bit deeper in that topic and, and talk about dating because again, there is a, such a skewed perspective from the world on relationships and dating. And we can't get swept away by culture. My wife and I teach very often about common versus normal. The more common something gets, the more tempted we are to call it normal. Well, that's making the assumption then that culture of this world actually, review, actually rules our worldview. That we simply bob down the river of culture and, and go wherever it takes us. Versus this notion that we actually set the culture, that we actually play a role in culture, that we are the culture setters. So we know that the culture of dating relationships are often directly connected to um, physicality, um, sexual um, interaction, as well as feelings. It's all about feelings. You do simply what feels good for you. That's what the world teaches us. And whether you like it or not, it's what the world is teaching your children as well. It's about physical pleasure and feelings. We see it every day in anything that's produced by Hollywood that it's just assumed that there's going to be, hey, how are you? Um, my name is whatever, shake hands, next scene they're in bed together. That's just what you do. And Hollywood is trying to betray that as normal. It's common, but it's not normal. It's actually outside of the boundaries. It's actually a destructive pattern of behavior that's actually killing our children. <laughs> I just want to be very basic and very clear with my language because there's so much at stake it's very critical that we understand. Now, I understand that kids have hormones and, and, and their bodies are changing and there's attraction and there's, there's sexual desire. All of those things are also from the Father. Those are all there. However, he asks us to rule over feelings, not be led by feelings, but being led by the Spirit. I know that sounds very biblical and Puritan uh, thing to say. However, there is a sacrifice that he requires from us every single day in every circumstance to not be led by our feelings and our emotions. If we were only led by our feelings and our emotions, we would go around just devastating everybody. But he actually asks us to operate in the spirit and have the spirit actually put a filter on our lives so that we love people and that we care for people, that our heart is right. I've had many other podcasts on this. I'll, I'll reference you to Shifting Relationship Paradigms, uh, one called Soul Ties, another whole series on sexual revolution. But we have to understand that why this is so important, and I believe why he puts these boundaries around us, is that there are maturity levels connected to our lives and to our growth and our development. And I believe, interestingly, as we get further on in life, further away from our creation, that it's taking actually a little bit longer, I believe, for us to mature, not shorter. 
I said before, I think one of the most concerning things that I see in our society right now, why we I feel like it's so important that this series of of messages about our children are so critical is that the the woke ideology, the progressive ideology is saying, I see that it isn't working and I know that our kids are miserable. The answer isn't to inject morality back into our society. The answer is actually to double down on the immorality. We just haven't started young enough. And that is super dangerous. And we are at a super critical crossroads where that just can't happen, where our children become such victims of a depraved mentality. It's interesting. We have actually actually rape laws regarding sexual behavior, and an adult can't have a sexual relationship with a 16-year-old. It's called rape. Why did we put that into our society? We did that because we know that a 16-year-old isn't mature enough to actually handle that relationship. However, a 16-year-old can have sex with another 16-year-old. That seems to be perfectly fine. Hmm. I'd like somebody to explain that to me. Just put two vulnerable people together and that's okay. See, we care as our society about protecting our children. At least I thought we did. There's something called a frontal lobe. It's part of our brain. It's, it's involved in reasoning and common sense and impulse control. <laughs> I know for men, our frontal lobes aren't completely mature until 23, 24 years old. And yet, for some reason, we feel as parents that our children can navigate adult relationships. And this is a problem. There's a man named Joshua Harris who I've quoted before. He's He wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. I, I agree with um, not all of it, uh, but I do um, believe a lot of it, especially this paragraph. He said, most kids grow up thinking that dating is an essential part of being a teenager. To them, life is a series of one girlfriend or boyfriend after another, which really amounts to one heartache after another. A two-year relationship seems like a long-term commitment. Even those who make it through the junior high and senior high years with their sexual purity intact will often emerge with damaged emotions, bitterness, and cynicism. To be sure, much of the damage may have been inflicted by the individuals involved, but likewise, the system itself is faulty. What are we talking about system? We're talking about culture. We're talking about family cultures that we absolutely as parents have control over. Only 1% of high school sweethearts actually marry, which means 99% of them don't. So why are they being injected? Why are they being encouraged into these relationships that don't go anywhere and only lead to heartache and pain? Now, I understand that life is pain and, and, and sometimes in life we do experience hard things and we learn from them. I get that. So we can't completely just put our kids into a bunker. I understand that. But there are choices in which we open up our soul to one another that cause pain and sorrow unnecessarily. Parents have become disempowered. The world is trying to tell us that kids will just do whatever kids are going to do. And there's a lot of excuses that parents use like, Kids are going to do what they're going to do. Or I remember what it was like. I turned out okay. Kids need to learn from their consequences. My friends, what consequences are too big? 
an unplanned pregnancy, a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah, these are consequences. Those are pretty big, devastating consequences, especially into a young child's life. And we're going to sit back and just say, well, live and learn. They won't listen to me anyway. If they don't listen to you, if they don't value your influence, then then what the heck do they need parents for? They are called dependents because they are dependent on us to help them, to help them walk through life decisions. Even though their feelings are saying one thing, we can help them walk through and navigate their feelings and emotions. It's called parenting. Parents are told to resign, to to take their hands off, to not helicopter over their children. But my friends, we cannot resign. It has never been more important than what it is right now, where we stand right now as parents, to be injected and influential in our children's life like no other. So is dating bad? Harris goes on to argue a couple points. He says, one, dating leads to intimacy, but not necessarily commitment. And then we're surprised when we see the divorce rates. Even people, obviously, based on the statistics of last podcast, even people who have slept together before marriage, that obviously didn't help secure a strong marriage. The statistics show the absolute opposite, actually. Those who are virgins at the time that they marry actually only have a 6% divorce rate. 6%. That should speak volumes. So don't believe the lie. Don't propagate the lie in your children's lives that having intimacy before marriage, having even, even this prolonged dating at a very early age actually helps to find out whether you're compatible. I mean, give me a break. He writes, it tends to skip the friendship stage of a relationship. Friendships are actually very important where we get to know and learn each other's heart, but instead we jump right into more committed relationship and we open up our soul to somebody that we don't even know if we like them. It often mistakes a physical relationship for love or feelings rule the day. Harris wrote, I was primarily interested in what I could get such as the popularity a girlfriend could give me or the comfort and pleasure I could gain physically or emotionally from a relationship. Choosing what felt good for me instead of what was good for others and what pleased God. He wrote, it often isolates a couple from other vital relationships. And we have seen that and and it's painful uh, where it isolates parents and other siblings because this child 14, 15, 16-year-old is spending time with a significant other at such an early age during still such formative times uh, where they need intense parenting and sibling love and relationship and support. In many cases, it distracts young adults from their primary responsibility of preparing for the future. I believe it's so critical. Between the ages of 15 and 22, your children are going to be making some of the most important decisions of their life, including what mate they're going to have, but also their calling in life, their vocation, their schooling, their employment, 
and relationships. It's all happening in this very short period of time. And so often the world has put such immense pressure on early dating that it actually distracts children from why they're here on this earth, which is listen to the Father's voice and obey his callings. It can cause discontentment with God's gift of singleness. This is cultural pressure. It's real and it's dangerous. I can't emphasize this enough. There is a there is a process in children's minds that they are worthless unless they are connected to somebody else in a relationship because the world values this so much. And I'm not anti-dating, I'm not anti-relationship, I'm certainly not anti-marriage, not anti-love, not anti-any of those things. But there is a time and there is a place and there is a process And when we are discontented, when we are embarrassed, when we are are worried about not fitting in, this is called cultural pressure. This isn't heaven guidance. This is peer and and cultural pressure that's put on our children. And we as parents can actually relieve that pressure. We can turn the gasket that, that relieves the pressure that the culture is telling our children. And we can tell them that there's plenty of time. And what's the hurry? And if this is a real relationship or you truly care about each other, it will still be there in the future. It creates an artificial environment for evaluating another person's character. I call it the, the interview effect. We all look good at an interview. We can all put a tie on and sit down and answer all of the right questions. But until you are immersed in real life, and have time to actually observe somebody. You don't really know what their true character is about. And when the relationship is based on a romantic relationship, on physical and emotional um, interchange between two people, you don't always get the true form until they actually let their guard down later on. Dating isn't evil, and I believe when it's done right within boundaries, it's a critical part of a mature, healthy relationship. Some people will say, don't date at all. Just basically try to get to know each other and then move right towards marriage. I believe dating has a place where you can slowly um, exchange your heart and find out whether this person is somebody that you want to marry. There is, a, there is a question that needs to be answered to overcome the cultural norms of dating. What is the purpose of dating? Well, again, it's become, it's become a social status. It's become part of worth and identity. It's become a distraction. But what is the point of dating? What is the, what is the question that is to be answered? And I believe the question is, is this someone I want to marry? And the question I have for you is, can your 16-year-old answer that question? And my response is, there's no way. There's no way they have the maturity to even contemplate marriage at age 15 or 16. Or 17 or 18, in my opinion. I wouldn't want them to even be thinking about that. And if I don't want them thinking about it, then they're simply not ready. It's that simple. There's your equation. If somebody is dating, now I believe that somebody can be 23, 24 year old and still not be ready for dating. 
not have the maturity, not be ready even to ask the question, is this someone I want to marry? And so that's your answer when somebody should date. It's when they're ready to ask the question, is this somebody I want to marry? It's preposterous to think a 15 or 16-year-old can even contemplate that. That's why this podcast is titled Out of Date. It's the wrong timing. We're, we're in the wrong place and we're encouraging things at the wrong time at wrong maturity levels. And we as parents are the ones that get to put boundaries around that. I believe the answer, when, when there's pushback from your children in regards to having relationships, the answer is time, because time exposes things. Why are you in such a hurry? And I believe the answer to that actually reveals their heart. Perhaps they're wanting something even beyond relationship. They're wanting to fit in. They're wanting status. They're wanting worth and identity. I believe time overcomes the interview effect as people get to truly know each other in their natural habitat, how they respond to people, how they respond to their parents. And if it's meant to be, that person will still be there. But I believe we as children, we can remove and relieve the urgency. We can reinforce identity and we can say often and over and over again, my dear, there is plenty of time. There is plenty of time. I want you to learn that phrase. There's plenty of time. To hurry something that causes pain, anxiety, depression, fear. It's killing our kids. We need to be parenting this. We need to be relieving the pressure for our children because believe me, they feel it and it's real. I'm not minimizing the pressure to engage in relationships at a young age, but we as parents can help relieve that pressure. They need to spend more time in the friendship category. I would argue all through high school. I don't think there's a real place for dating in high school. That's just John, Dr. Johnny's opinion. And I believe even into young adulthood, if that maturity or timing isn't right, we need to put tight boundaries around our children so that they're in groups and they're in friendships. They're not alone. We can help protect them. It's our job. It's our role. We need to stand up as strong parents. We need to talk about this before it becomes an issue with a relationship brewing. <laughs> Talk about it. Be consistent with your children and be on the forefront of purpose and identity in their lives. It's so critical and it's so important. All of these things matter to such a huge degree that I believe that we can change culture by simple little maneuvers in parenting with loving, protective boundaries. But we have to know that it matters. We can't simply just shrug our shoulders and say, this is just what the world does. Everybody's going to be fine. It's not looking like things are going to be fine. We need to be proactive with our parenting so that our children are in an environment of health and purpose and identity. That's what we're here on this earth to do. That's why we've been assigned to be the parents. 
Thank you for listening to me again this week. I want to continue to press in on this topic. I'd ask that you share this with others. Have you sit down with your children and listen about these one by one because I believe if we give language to culture that we can actually shift the culture. That's what I believe. Would you go to gofam.org or go to pushbackculture.org? Leave me a comment, question, other uh, perspectives that you may have on this or other topics. I would love to hear from you. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture. <laughs>